This episode brought to you by Audible, and today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash richtakeonsports. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 82. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever platform that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Channeling an underdog mentality with a true passion for something can be a powerful combination. And our guest this episode, Bruce Gradkowski, not only has done that throughout his NFL playing career, but also his life. Bruce played 11 years in the NFL, primarily as a backup quarterback after he was drafted in the sixth round of the 2006 NFL Draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His underdog mentality and passion for football began as a kid growing up in western Pennsylvania in a suburb of Pittsburgh before he would become the starting quarterback for the University of Toledo and would lead the Rockets to the MAC championship title in 2004, while also at the time setting 27 school passing records as a three-year starter. Bruce would also earn MVP honors of the GMAC Bowl his senior season before his career in the NFL, playing his final few seasons in his childhood hometown with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he can now be found coaching, podcasting, broadcasting, and even being an entrepreneur. Here's episode 82 with Bruce Gradkowski. Well, Bruce, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule. And I know right now probably things are crazy for you. So I don't know, what am I pulling you away from? Is it the podcast, broadcasting, entrepreneurship, or coaching right now? I mean, you're juggling so many things. Yeah, it's probably all of the above. You know, I, I go from calling a football game on the weekends. I'm the color analyst for the Toledo Rockets. I've also done a few Utah State games this year. Um, and then during the week, I have a Weekly show I'm on in Pittsburgh, uh, 93.7 The Fan, for an hour on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, the last few weeks, I've been uh, co-hosting on NFL Radio on Sirius XM. And, um, yeah, and then, then I try to find my podcast in there somewhere, as well as trying to break down some of these, uh, th- these quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't know how you find time. And I, for- I forgot to mention the most important part is I have three little ones at home, five, three, and one. Now, I've got three kids as well, but mine are 18, 16, and 14, so I'm well ahead of the curve uh, on you from that perspective. So what is, it, what is life like in the Gratkowski house right now then? You know, it's crazy, but it's a good crazy, and I think every night we try to remember this, this time's going to fly by because it already has. You know, and our daughter, Lily, she just started kindergarten. She's five, and then uh, Roman and Lincoln, the two boys, are three and one, so you know, nights get crazy, bath time, bedtime, you know how it was. and uh, But we try to always be thankful and, and remember that, you know, these times won't last long and, uh, try, you know, try to take advantage of them. That's right. Well, and speaking of not lasting long, and I shouldn't say not lasting long, you actually had a really long career in the NFL, 11 years. So 
compared to the average. That is a really long time. But what was it about after 11 years? What was that moment where you decided that's enough? I'm moving on to the next chapter in my life. You know, it's just when you're sitting in meetings and, you know, I was a backup quarterback my whole career and I had a few times where I was able to start, um, you know, and then towards the end of my career, dealing with some injuries and feeling your body's not holding up like it used to. And also feeling that desire and passion to go in every day and put the necessary work in that got me there, you know, and, and I felt like we're starting to have kids. Uh, I, I own a few businesses. I have a restaurant in Perrysburg, Ohio, by the Toledo area. And then I have a, a hospice company, Pilgrimage Hospice in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So a lot of stuff keeping me busy. And, and I just felt, you know, I just knew there's something else out there bigger um, when I when I retired. And, you know, I'm still trying to find my way and figure what that is. But I've been enjoying the process. And has broadcasting been something that you've always thought about as you were in your playing days, or is this just kind of something that you're exploring now that your playing days are over? I've always enjoyed it. You know, when I, as I was playing throughout my career, uh, certain teams I'd have radio shows, and I'd do some things with the local news stations in the off seasons. Um, so I always had a passion for it, and I also felt like it came natural in a sense. And so now I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm, dabbling in it, you know, seeing what kind of opportunities come from it. And also I know uh, football's my passion and football's what I know. So sometimes, you know, I feel like I want to share that, you know, and in the same sense, you know, I've been given a lot of um, talks around town, local businesses, leadership teams. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy trying to inspire people, motivate them and, and encourage them because, you know, I wasn't, any more special you know you had to put the work in and follow what you're truly passionate about and that's what i truly believe so i I just try to spread that word and speaking of that passion so let's rewind back to the gradkowski's growing up and your household in suburb of pittsburgh what did that look like in terms of when that passion for football started you know i probably started playing when i was eight years old and you know growing up in western pennsylvania you know, in Pittsburgh, I was a huge Dan Marino fan. You know, my dad and his dad worked at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette together. And, uh, you know, so I'm just always a fan, a fan of his and the Miami Dolphins as I was growing up. And, um, you know, and then once I started playing, you know, I played all the sports, though. And I, and I encourage kids, too, because you just never really know what path you're going to take. And I was playing football, basketball, and baseball. And, and as I kept growing, um you know, I felt like I could go further in football. When you mentioned Dan Marino, so it seems that in Pittsburgh, there's a division. You're either a Pittsburgh fan or a Penn State fan from a college perspective. So did you lean towards Pittsburgh in terms of the college fan? No, I was definitely a Penn State fan. It was, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Pitt, Pitt never recruited me coming out of high school. But just growing up, I think I was a big Penn State fan because a good buddy of Ours took us to one of their games when Kerry Collins was the quarterback and Kajana Carter was the running back. And, and uh, you know, you had LeVar Arrington go there. So it just, you know, I was just a huge fan of uh, Penn State. And that would have been my dream to go and play there. But at the end of the day, I'm actually thankful it worked out. And I go to Toledo, the University of Toledo, because, you know, it's all about where you could grow and develop into the 
person and player you can become. Yeah, and so when you mentioned that, why you felt so good about the decision going to Toledo, so what was it about Toledo that you embraced er, you know, early on, I guess, to obviously make that decision to go there? Well, I think, you know, the recruiting process, you know, I wasn't highly recruited. You know, I had a few offers actually for basketball, uh, Richmond. Uh, John Beeline was the head coach at the time. He's the head coach of Michigan basketball now. He offered me at Richmond. And then I had a few for football, you know, Delaware, Eastern Kentucky, Florida International. So I took those visits, and I, I knew I wanted to play football. And um, at the end of the day, I actually committed to Eastern Kentucky, and Toledo called the day after I committed. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, shoot, you know, I just committed to Eastern. And they're like, well, we want you to walk on. I said, Coach, you know, I apologize, but, you know, I have a full ride. You know, it's easier on my, my parents. And, and then next thing you know, Toledo comes to a basketball game that week and sees me play basketball. And um, they realized, you know, I was athletic, and they offered me a, a full ride. And, and when I went to visit the University of Toledo, I, I just knew, you know, it was really nice campus, good, good town, good city. So I just knew. Was there any thoughts of trying to play basketball at Toledo as well? No, not at that time. I just knew with, with schoolwork and, you know, once you go to college, it's like a full-time job, you know. So I wanted to make sure I focused in, you know, on football. But, you know, we, we were the intramural champs every year. Uh, <laughs> two, two buddies. I don't know if you recognize the name, Lance Moore. Oh, yes, I do. I'm a receiver in the NFL, and he was my roommate throughout college. So we did it. We had fun with those intramurals, and we, we would uh, definitely compete. And what was some of your most memorable games at uh, Toledo? You know, it probably had to be in 2003. It was my sophomore season. The first year I was starting, it was my fourth start. And we're playing the University of Pittsburgh. And they came to Toledo to play. They're ranked number nine in the country uh, behind Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, so they came into the glass bowl. And like I said earlier, Pitt never recruited me. So uh, it was a fun game for me. And I remember we came back from being down 10 points in the fourth quarter. And we ended up winning uh, 35-31. Uh, with the last second touchdown pass. So that was definitely one of my favorite games. And then probably, um, you know, my, my, the MAC championship, my junior year, we were playing Miami of Ohio and I broke my hand in the second quarter and I was able to finish the game. You know, I don't know how I remember just being in the locker room praying about it, like, man, God, just help me get through this game. And, uh, next thing you know, it's basically like the movie Old School. I black out, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, I wake up and we're holding up the trophy with the Mac champs, and I finished the game. So I don't know how that happened. Now, was it your throwing hand that you broke? Yeah. And how did it happen then? So I just, you know, it was the second quarter. I was throwing a pass and just hit my helmet, my, my hand right off a defender's helmet. And I knew right away because my finger was actually, looked like my finger was out of place. And then when I went to the sideline, they said, hey, let's go get an x-ray. And I said, well, there's still four minutes left in the first half. And they said, all right, well, um, you know, pick up that ball. And I couldn't. And that's when we go in, get an x-ray. They saw us broke. And, you know, they, you know, they wrap it up. They inject it. Uh, put some wrap on it and unfortunately you know it's you know football it's the ultimate team sport so we were able to run the football well that game our defense played well so the passes I had to make in the second half were just basically play action pass and just lost the ball downfield to Lance Moore so they made my job easy 
Yeah, so it's easy when you've got somebody like Lance Moore to throw it to, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and so that game, though, that you beat Pittsburgh, was there this all the extra motivation because it was Pittsburgh and they didn't recruit you? Were you out to prove something to people that you should have recruited me? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think my whole career I've been the underdog, you know, uh, not highly recruited out of high school, drafted in the sixth round in the NFL, um, some, you know, bounce around from team to team. But when I got my opportunity to play uh, in the NFL, we, we would win some games. And, you know, I had a good chance in Oakland. And another one of my big games came against, you know, the Steelers. You know, when I was in 2009, I was starting for the Raiders and we came, came back to play my hometown team. And uh, we ended up beating them 27-24. And I threw a, a three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and the last one with like nine seconds. Remaining. So, you know, it was a blessing. You know, it was, it, those are the games that you envision in your mind of winning and playing well, but you never envision it being that good. And it was pretty remarkable. And it just, just memories I'll never forget. And I'm truly thankful and, and blessed. And do you, you know, yes, be able to do it. I, I can imagine, especially in the hometown that you grew up in and being able to do it in front of family and friends. But do you remember the exact play? that game against Pittsburgh? Like, can you recall exactly what happened? Is it still so you know, burnt in your memory? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know what's cool, too, is the Raiders video crew, uh, this, this guy named Vit, he runs the radio or the video crew for the Raiders. And the week of the Steeler game, you know, we're coming off a few good games and we have some momentum. He's like, hey, man, I want to do a behind-the-scenes in the life of, you know, a quarterback. And I was like, man, you know, I, I'm just starting. I said, I don't want to make a big deal. He's like, he's like, you know, we don't have to use it if, if you know, we don't have, if we don't want or it doesn't turn out. Well, I'm thankful he did that because I still have that video to this day. And it's just a seven-minute video of that game and leading up to the game. And, you know, so it was just a really special moment. And I remember that last play. I mean, I remember the Steelers brought a double-corner blitz on it, and I – uh, the offensive line run backs did a great job picking it up, and I just step up in the pocket, and our receiver ran back, like, you know, a big in route in the back of the end zone. We were on about the nine-yard line, and uh, he whipped it back out, and I just hit him. And, you know, at first I looked around because I'm like, there's, there's got to be a flag or something. <laughs> this is too good to be true. Yes. <laughs> How – devastating and frustrating is it from a quarterback perspective when you make a big play like that and then you see the flag on the ground and you know it's like offensive holding what's that feeling like yeah it is you know it's devastating but as a quarterback and I think as NFL players you have the mindset and you just take it one play at a time you know because so many things happen throughout football games you have have to have a short-term memory and I feel like playing uh, that's what you have to do. And that's why I look at some of these young quarterbacks now, like a Sam Darnold, and that's why I'm a fan of his, because I see some of the things he's overcome already, whether it's the preseason or even his first start, his first pass of the game, he throws a pick six. And being able to bounce back and, and overcome that, because, you know, that, that's basically what it's about. And it, just same thing with life. I mean, you're going to over, you're going to face trials and obstacles throughout your life it's never going to be easy but how do you overcome them and push through and you just have to take them one step at a time and uh keep pushing and i think that's the same thing on the football field you have to have a short short-term memory 
and just let it go and move on. I've always said that it seems like the great quarterbacks or the guys that can make it in the NFL, they just have this ability to what I call amnesia. They just forget about the previous play and focus on the next one. So I presume that's what you're been able to do. Yeah, no doubt. And and that's what it's about. I mean, you see, you know, Ben Roethlisberger does it all the time. You know, last week throws, you know, three interceptions, come back, comes back this week, throws for over 450 yards and three touchdowns, you know. So you have to you have to have that uh, short-term memory and just be able to overcome it and bounce back. So when you're at Toledo and then now you're graduating senior year and you're MVP of the the bowl game. So what was that like in terms of, did you have this confidence that, all right, I I feel that I'm going to be able to make it in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I did. I mean, I've always had confidence and maybe sometimes overconfidence, you know, because when I was going through some trials and in the NFL and getting cut, I I had confidence to keep going. But, um, you know, in college, you're just kind of focusing on those that time. You know, you set goals. You're trying to, you know, hit the goals you've set for college and also understand that the NFL is a possibility if you take care of your business now. So I tried to take it one step at a time. And when my senior year was over, then it was, you know, really dialing back into, okay, let me just worry about working out for the uh, all-star game, doing well in the all-star game. Next thing was the combine do well at the combine. So I tried to just take it one step at a time. Um, and that's why I think I, you know, when I did get drafted by Tampa Bay, I started 11 games as a rookie because I really did just try to take it one step at a time. And did you feel that you were prepared to start in the NFL your rookie season? Yes, I was. I mean, I think I was, um, you know, physically and mentally. And then, um, you know, I, I started, I think it was the fourth game of the year because Chris Sims got hurt unfortunately but I felt like I was ready you know and sometimes the, the game came too fast and sometimes I felt like I made it harder than it was you know because I started out so well and I think I was saying wait a minute this is the NFL am I really um that good that I could throw for 220 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Saints you know and no interceptions on my first time out you know and um, I started making things a little more difficult than they had to be. And what do you mean you started making things more difficult? Explain that. You know, you just start overthinking. I think the best thing you could do is react and trust yourself. You know, when you're on the field and in John Gruden's offense, it, there's a lot, you know. So I knew the plays. I knew what I was supposed to do. But sometimes you start second-guessing yourself. When you're on the field, you start thinking, okay, I know what I should do on this play, but what's he want me to do? And when you start thinking like that and playing like that, you play indecisive. And throughout my rookie year, that's what I started doing as I started more. And I, I feel like it just slowed me down. And what was that moment like, though, when the first day you get to the Buccaneers training camp, you're a rookie? I mean, were you nervous or were you just excited? Just a combination of feelings? What was that like? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of everything. You know, you have the, the nerves for sure, but you're also just super excited for the opportunity, you know, to put on the uniform, to, you know, have the spikes and jersey in your locker and the helmet and, and just see it, you know, and it was just a true blessing. You know, I was just really fortunate, you know, of all the um, opportunities I've been blessed with in my life. And, you know, it's just, it's just been a, a blessing. And, 
So when, when I first got to Tampa, it was just cool because, you know, Gruden just grabbed me and said, hey, man, just have fun. You know, a lot of these guys are looking to you to, to lead them, a lot of these young rookies. So I just have fun with it. And who has been some of the influential players in your career that helped you when you were a rookie or your first few years in the NFL? Yeah, I think, you know, a few that come to mind, especially uh, rookie year. I mean, Chris Sims, who's a, a quarterback that, you know, was there for me, helped me out. Um, Joey Galloway, you know, Joey Galloway, the receiver, was just um, just a true veteran where um, he was just awesome. You know, if I needed anything, I remember I first got to Tampa. I didn't have a car there yet. You know, I'm a six-round draft pick trying to make the team, and uh, Galloway – throws me the keys to his, uh, to his dad line, and he says, here, man, just drive this around for a while. <laughs> well, that's a nice teammate. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he'd take me out to dinner every night, so it was pretty cool. I love it. Now, did you have any type of transition where now you became the person that was helping these rookies out? When did that happen in your career? Yeah, I think when I went to Cincinnati, you know, when after my time with Raider, the Raiders, uh, I signed with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2011 and 2012, and that was the first two years of Andy Dalton's career. So I felt like I could be a veteran for him um, and help him in things he needed. He was a very smart quarterback coming in the league, so he didn't need uh, much help for me, but it was just, you know, I was a supporting cast. You know, I had to be there to support him and I felt like with the guys that I've been with throughout my career was it was my turn to to give back and I felt that also in Pittsburgh when they drafted Landry Jones you know I felt like um I to give him some of my knowledge that I've learned and the things that guys helped me with throughout my career because a guy like Jeff Garcia he was a big influence in my career throughout throughout my time well, and I presume, though, you didn't have to give Andy Dalton the keys to your car, though. He probably was okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely wasn't going to flip him the keys in my car. But <laughs> I understand. Now, as a backup quarterback, I mean, you did start, as you talked about, but a lot of your career in the NFL was a backup role. So how was that in terms of the preparation that you had to put in, but knowing that a lot of times you're not going in. So how difficult was that? Yeah, you just had to prepare like you were going to play. And a lot of that comes with the mental preparation and game film study because you weren't getting a lot of physical reps um, because the starter takes all the reps um, during practice, during the week of practice leading up to the game. So a lot of it is just being prepared on paper, you know, and knowing the game plan inside and out. And at the same time, trying to execute the scout team offense against the starting defense. So, I mean, it was fun. You know, it was fun, but you don't get a lot of reps, and when your number is called, you better perform. Yeah, and you got to be ready at a moment's notice. So were there times that you felt that maybe you weren't prepared? You know, probably a little bit, but I, I felt like I was always in control of what our game plan was and what we were trying to execute against a certain team. And where did you have the most fun in your NFL career? What city? Was it in Pittsburgh, your hometown? Yeah, I mean, you know, you have fun everywhere. I've I've had, you know, every place brought its own special moments for us. You know, when we were living out in Oakland and I, I've got, I got to play a lot. I, um, you know, I, I met my wife in college, but that's actually when we got engaged. 
uh, when, when, I, when I was playing for the Raiders and, um, you know, just some of the key friends you meet, you know, at, in different, at different teams. And, and then, yeah, and then playing for my hometown team, the Steelers, you know, being there and while we were starting to have kids and my family being around. So it was definitely a blessing, uh, how my, how my career, uh, played out. You know, of course, I wish I won a Super Bowl or, or still was playing, but, um, I think everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm truly blessed for being able to play 11 years. Yeah. And how did you meet your wife at school? You know, she just couldn't help the charm and personality I just throw off, you know? So <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely I'll kick my coverage though. So we, we met at, we met at church, so local Catholic church right on campus, my senior year. And then, um, yeah, we just started yeah. hanging out. And, um, like I said, I mean, yeah, you're the looking gr- bald dude. Of course, you're the it's great Gradkowski out there, yeah. right? <laughs> That's right. It's a good thing, too. She had no clue about football, so she had no clue who I was. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that is too fantastic. Well, that's typically what happens is that they don't even know that you're a big man on campus from that perspective. Now, what about growing up in your brother? I mean, now he gets to play in the NFL, so were you guys – competitive with each other i know you're a few years apart but what was that like with you and your brother growing up and then get to see him in the nfl yeah no it was it was awesome i think my brother and i were six years apart i'm the oldest he's the youngest and we have two sisters in between and just growing up what was cool was when he told me one day that he was fortunate to come to all my toledo games when he was still a kid and and watching me go through the process it actually made it more realistic to him you know now he's looking at it like wait a minute my brother just did this hey it's it's possible so it was cool for me to hear that to know that you know him seeing my uh perseverance and being able to get some through some things and uh, just have a dream and go after it was cool and it was great awesome for me to watch what he he did you know being a fourth round draft pick to the baltimore ravens winning a, a super bowl as a rookie it was awesome for me to see and, and what a career he's had. And, you know, shooting, he's he's a big offensive lineman. He, he plays center and guard. And uh, so he, he got all the food growing up, and I got the good looks and athleticism. <laughs> I love it. Now, did you guys help each other out during the off season with training? Yeah, we would. We'd work out together a little bit. And him being a center and myself being a quarterback, I would take some snaps from him, and we'd go to the field and work out and throw. And uh, so, yeah. We took advantage of it. Of course. Well, and again, you've got the looks and he's got the size. So there you go. It's a <laughs> deadly combination, right? <laughs> he, he may argue with that. But. Uh, yeah, I bet he would. <laughs> now, when you look back and what you're doing now through your career in sports and moving on to other chapters, how has sports helped you in your life, you know, through being an entrepreneur, being a husband, you know, being a father as well? How, how has sports helped you? Well, I just think sports with the the teamwork, the discipline, uh, the perseverance, you know, the hard work that goes into it. You know, sports have just been the staple of my life, and it's it's what I've um, have done my whole life. So it's definitely helped me in every aspect of everything I do. You know, and, and people ask me if I'd let my boys play football, and of course, if that's what they're passionate about, because I feel like. Football has helped me in so many different ways, um, not just 
on the football field or not just with money, but just things, you know, you know, in life with the teamwork and, uh, and everything else. And what do you miss most about the game as you're broadcasting some of these games? What do you miss the most now that you're not playing? You know, watching what Ron Fitzpatrick's doing is pretty exciting. It makes me think, hey, can I just loosen up my shoulder and, and, and make another run at it? But, um, you know, I think I just miss the, the competition, the locker room, your friends. Just, you know, honestly, the ups and downs of it, just being able to battle through adversity. Um, you know, it's just it's tough, but, you, you know, you have to be mentally tough. And, um and that's what I miss, you know, mostly the locker room and the guys. And I always ask this of everybody, Bruce, and that's any words of wisdom that you would like to share. And it could be phrases, mottos, quotes, or just even life advice that you might have received that means a lot to you. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm a big believer in pursuing what you're passionate about. You know, I think pursue what you're passionate about because when those obstacles come or roadblocks, you always find a way to figure it out, to get around it, to overcome it, to get through it, because you're truly following what you're passionate about. And, you know, with that, set some goals. Uh, Only worry about what you can control. And um, those are the three biggest things, because a lot of times we try to worry what's out of our control, and that does us no good, you know. So I don't always try to focus it back back in on uh, what I can control. And that's knowing my place, knowing my assignments, being on time, having a good attitude. So that's uh, the grad school word of wisdom for me for today. (laughs) I like it. Yes, well said. And I have to ask you, though, all the quarterbacks you've been around that you've seen, you've played with, who's the best quarterback in your opinion? You know, it's tough. I mean, the best QB I've been around is, Ben, for sure, Ben Roethlisberger, and um, I mean, just his abilities, but he's just a gamer. You know, he, he understands the game, knows how to make big plays when they're needed, and he's just a, such a competitor, you know, so you always have a chance when he has the ball in his hands, And but I look around the league now, and I think one of the best quarterbacks we're ever going to see is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy with his arm ability and arm talent and his athleticism and his, you know, mind for the game, uh, he's pretty special. So it's really cool to watch him play. And there's a lot of good young quarterbacks coming up in the NFL now, too. So it's just an exciting time to watch. Yes, it is. And I know it's probably splitting hairs in terms of trying to decipher which is a better quarterback. But, Bruce, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'm excited to continue listening to the Grad School, your podcast. I really enjoy it. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Appreciate you having me on today. While there might not be any guarantees in life as you're trying to pursue success, we do know that there will always be adversity and there will always be obstacles. And it doesn't matter what you're pursuing, but having passion during that pursuit not only allows you to maintain that focus that is needed, but it also provides the energy for the perseverance that is needed. And Bruce continues to display that in all aspects of his life, even at home. Now that finishes episode 82. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. 
Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Takes Sports. Thanks for listening. <laughs>